I'm telling you guys, if you can buy stock in Cooper Roth now, you absolutely should. Welcome to the Wild Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. Alongside me is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We have a very exciting episode here today for you. We're joined later by former University of Wyoming kicker Cooper Roth, who I stand by will have a 10-year career in professional football. He wasn't drafted. He hasn't been signed by an NFL team yet. He's waiting around for his opportunity and I guarantee it will come. His 10-year career in professional football is right around the corner. But enough about that for now. First off, we're going to talk about a piece that Robert wrote for Wyo Sports about a member of the Lady Cowgirls basketball team. She's leaving the team to go on a mission, an LDS mission, for 18 months. We're going to talk to Robert about that piece and some of the other things and how that affects Lady Cowgirls basketball. We're also going to talk about Michael Katz spoke with Wyoming Athletic Director Tom Berman, and he had quite the conversation. He tweeted out seven bullet point items, and they're all noteworthy to me. Robert thinks some of them are kind of ho-hum, totally expected. We'll talk about it a little bit. Then you'll hear that interview with Cooper Roth. Then we'll talk about another juicy nugget that has come from Michael Katz's conversation with Tom Berman, and we'll wrap up this episode with some talk about American Legion. Yes, they're playing American Legion baseball in Wyoming starting on Friday. Friday, folks. Robert covered American Legion baseball last summer, and he's on tap to do so again this season. So we'll talk to him a little bit about it, see what his thoughts are heading into this season, this summer season of baseball. I'm excited to hear that baseball is returning in any fashion whatsoever. So that's on tap for today's episode. But first, Robert, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going wonderful, my man. It's going wonderful, David, you know graduated from college now i gotta grow up i guess i don't know man but yeah living large living the dream how are you doing up there in missoula this afternoon you know the sun's kind of out i've seen it a few times today it doesn't often make appearances in western montana but it's out i've only got 10 days left here i'm headed to sunny southern california i'm excited for that so let's just dive into this episode. Let's talk about Jaden Fanua. She's going on a mission. You wrote a piece about her for Wyo Sports. She announced earlier, a few months ago actually, that she was leaving the Lady Cowgirls team. She was a key member for the Lady Cowgirls as a freshman. She put up quite the numbers, seven points, four rebounds, and only a handful of minutes per game. What exactly went into writing that piece? Yeah, she was a she was a big contributor for the team, man. She was, I mean, key key player off the bench. Like you said, she only played a handful of minutes, and she she was efficient when she was on the court. She was efficient. So yeah, I really I really enjoyed writing that piece. 
big thanks to Jeremiah for giving me that idea. Um, she was real excited when I spoke with her. And I mean, that's one of my favorite things about writing about sports and covering sports is the emotion that these players have, whether it's anger, resent, sadness, anything. But yeah, she was extremely excited. I couldn't even, I was struggling to keep up with her on the keyboard when I was interviewing her, obviously over the phone. It was a, yeah, it was a real fun piece to write. I enjoyed it, and she's going to be missed from the team, that's for sure. She's going to be missed from the Lady Cowgirls basketball team, but what do you think they'll miss most about her presence, especially considering she was only a freshman? She seemed, her and along with, I mean, she came off the bench. She was just, she made the most out of her minutes. You knew when you, she was going in the game that, she was going to do something productive and help the team out. Maybe she could have seen more minutes and who knows, but I think that was the biggest thing from her was her productivity and her efficiency when she was on the court. Because like you said, I think she had, she only played maybe 13 minutes a game, 12 or 13 minutes a game, I think. But to average seven points, four rebounds, she had two double doubles this season and that hadn't been done by a cowgirl freshman in nine years nine seasons so that goes to say something right there by itself absolutely well we wish her luck on her mission she's doing it down in tucson arizona for the next 18 months starting in june good luck to her and it will certainly be interesting how the lady cowgirls fill her spot but now we want to move on to a doozy, a doozy of a conversation that Wyo Sports' Michael Katz had with Wyoming Athletic Director Tom Berman. Katz tweeted out seven items in particular from his phone call with Tom Berman. I'm going to read that tweet here for you and run these down, and then, Robert, you tell me what your initial thought was when you would fully process this tweet. Katz tweeted, had a nice phone call with UW AD Tom Berman, and here is some big news. One, as of right now, he believes UW will have a football season. That is huge. Not totally unexpected, but huge. Two, student athletes will begin coming on campus in waves starting June 1st. They will quarantine two weeks. Definitely something that had to be processed. Three, there's been no talk of cutting the programs, any programs. That's good. That's great. Four, Berman also said it is unlikely UW would be able to have a season without any sort of fans. They would likely need to be around 30% capacity for it to work financially. That has been a hot-button topic, fans in the stands. Who knows? Five, Testing will be the key, he said, and each school will be responsible for it, not conference-wide. Interesting note there from Katz. Six, the athletic department has cut around a million dollars in spending thus far. People are always complaining about the athletic budget. It's interesting to hear that it's been cut down. Seven, Travel for football will likely be leaner with only essential folks going. 
And if there is a flare-up at a travel destination, then it's possible they don't play that game, Berman said. All right, there are the seven items. I added my own little commentary after each one. You can figure that out. Robert, what were your initial thoughts from this? I did expect the season, along with, I mean, many other people. I really did expect that there would be a college football season, especially the University of Wyoming. The takeaway is the fans and who who's going to be in the stands? Like, how are they going to determine that season takeaway holders? think there's a lot more to go into it 30 percent capacity at least has to be more than that i think um but who am i to say i don't know i don't know much the biggest thing about it is maybe uh just that no programs are being cut and i think that's huge for these student athletes honestly yeah no programs being cut is major news a lot of a lot of schools around the country are threatening to have to cancel certain sports because of a lack of funding. And if Wyoming is going to stand by and support all of their student-athletes, I think that sends a strong message to the student body and the Wyoming Alumni Network that we need to all band together and be able to support these people, don't you think? Absolutely, David. And I mean, I'm really not trying to repeat myself here, but these student-athletes, they, they want to compete. They want to do what they came to the University of Wyoming to do. And, yeah, now is the time to support these athletes, these student-athletes and the programs and the university as a whole. No doubt. There are some, de- there are some other interesting nuggets in there in terms of 30% attendance at, I'm guessing he means football in order to sustain the football program. I don't know how confident I would be going to a sporting event right now. Would you be very confident? Yeah, I think – I don't know, man. I think I think I would be fine just going and keeping to myself. I usually do that anyway. I mean, yeah, I would definitely – if the Rockies had a game on Sunday and I had the opportunity to go, I think I would take that opportunity. I think I'd go sit in the outfield away from a lot of people. Now just go and watch the game, man. Well, I guess there's that. I don't know. I don't know how comfortable I would be being in a big stadium like that. There's certainly no way to properly sanitize it or whatever. It'll be interesting to see if people are willing to show up for Wyoming football games in the fall. I think they will. I think this is Wyoming. They support their teams. They do everything they can. The fans do to be out there and to have their back. So if Berman thinks that 30% minimum is what it's going to take to support the program, the university, the team, then there's probably going to be at least 75% full. I don't know. We'll see. That's interesting. The other thing, and this goes to show my mistrust in other people, testing will be the key, he said, and each school will be responsible for it, not conference-wide. Each school having their own testing rigors and demands and all of that makes it very interesting in terms of do you automatically just trust every school to get on the same page, or are some schools going to be more lenient than others when it comes to the test? 
that item concerns me. I, I like, I don't have any thoughts on that. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, man. Yeah. It's weird. It's wild. That, it's uncharted. That testing department is like totally out of my league. I don't, I'm not doctor or scientist. I'm not trying to speak for them, uh, whatever. But yeah, like you said, mistrust in others, I guess you're just going to have to roll with it if you really want to attend. Yeah, I don't know. The one thing that leads me to have some confidence and maybe they're erring on some sort of side of caution. The last item from Katz's seven-part tweet, travel for football will likely be leaner with only essential folks going. And if there is a flare-up at a travel destination, then it's possible they don't play that game, Berman said. I'm going to say if there is a flare-up, they're definitely not going to play that game. But he's leaving, you know, some room in case of, you know, some sort of miracle. I really, really think that a football season just needs to be played in terms of whatever it takes. And the Mountain West Conference could benefit from it big time, especially if the Pac-12 and California schools can't go. So it's really important. This is an ongoing story. I mean, it's only May. It's only May, and this is what Berman has come out and said. We're still learning, in essence, what COVID-19 is and what it's going to be like. Obviously, most places are opening back up, and the curve has seemingly been flattened. Flattened. We'll see. I don't know. Who knows? Looking forward to football in the fall, no matter what. I just want some freaking football, okay? I don't care what it takes. Actually, I do. I don't want anybody to be. I don't want anybody to be put in harm's way. I just want to watch football. But if it's going to harm anybody, then that's not okay. What do you got, Robert? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if there are no fans, I guess, and just the cameraman, that's cool with me. I guess I don't know. Um, who are the essential personnel? Just families, would you think, or I don't know. How would they determine that? I'm guessing essential folks are coaches and trainers. That's about yeah, but it. I'm talking to I'm, I'm speaking spectators wise because I don't I don't know. There has to I guess there doesn't have to be visiting fans attending the game. I guess that seems pretty far fetched at this point. Yeah, I don't know about visiting fans and all of that. I do know. This is one thing that is weird to me. I've watched baseball on TV for a long time. I've watched a lot of low-level college football. There are no fans in the stands for a lot of those events, so I don't understand the whole idea that TV networks are like, we have to pump crowd noise into the stands for the crowd experience of watching at home. What are they talking about? Do you know what I'm? Do you know what they're talking about? Because I have no clue. There's going to be if they pump crowd noise into the stands. There's probably going to be more crowd noise, more fake crowd noise in a Baltimore Orioles and Tampa Bay Rays game than there would be in one of their regular games on a weekday. Yeah, it makes no sense. I don't. What difference does that make to the TV viewer at home? If you have an idea, please let me know. 
please. I don't know what the, like, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. They're talking about Joe Buck's talking about it. TV networks are talking about why do you need fans in the stands for TV? What difference does that make? Do you, like, I'm trying to get any sort of rationale on that. I don't know. I don't know, David. Don't ask me, man. I don't know much. (laughs) (sighs) Maybe somebody smarter will be able to tell us. You can tweet me at Mr. David Graff or at rmunoz307 if you know the answer because neither of us know it. Anywho, we're moving on. We're moving on to something better. We talked to Cooper Roth. University of Wyoming's former kicker, future 10-year pro football career kicker, Cooper Roth. We talked to him about what he's been up to, what his favorite kicks were, how he get recruited out of high school as a kicker, and how he's staying ready for his opportunity to enter professional football. Enjoy this interview. On the other side, we'll be talking about the biggest nugget, in terms of actual games from Michael Katz's interview with Tom Berman. And American Legion Baseball is back, baby. Happy now to welcome into the Wyo Sports Podcast, former University of Wyoming kicker, Cooper Roth. We all know here, I'm a big Cooper Roth fan. I predicted a few weeks ago that he's going to find a way to have a 10-plus year career in, in professional football. Not necessarily if they're all going to be in the NFL. But here we are now. We're happy to have him. Cooper, how's it going today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really happy to have you. I want to start off. This is a thing that has perplexed me. How do you initially get on a college's radar as a kicker in high school? I know you were a three-sport star in high school. How did you establish yourself as a kicker? Yeah, um, so for me, yeah, I think, um, you know, I started out sending film to uh, Coach Rich, who was the DB coach at the time. Um, you know, I wanted to be a cornerback in college. If you asked me what position I wanted to be or what position I was all throughout high school, I would have told you I was a cornerback or a defensive guy. And, um, you know, I remember I just tagged, I think I hit a 55-yarder one game in high school, and I just tagged that, that clip in uh, with my defensive back highlights. And um, I think Coach Bowl or Gordy or the recruiting coordinator saw that, and that was when they needed a kicker at the time, and that was kind of when they started um, emailing me back as more of a kicker rather than a, a DB, and um, that was something I didn't really take well right away just because I didn't want to be just a, a kicker. Um, in high school, I was a you know wide receiver, quarterback, as a wildcat guy, kick returner, punt returner, kind of did it all, but um, you know, I think Coach Bull liked more of the athlete style of a kicker, knowing that if you're a three-sport athlete and can kick decently in high school, um, if you would just hone all those skills in into one one thing, whether it's field goals or kickoffs, a couple of things, um, that you would get a lot better. And I think just him trusting in me, um, you know, I started to take that more serious my junior and senior year of just kicking. I would kick more year-round rather than just, just in the football season. So um, I think that's what he really liked is that I was an athlete, and not just a kicker, but at the same time, that's why I think they recruited me just because um, they think I could zone in all those skills onto one thing. Why did you end up choosing Wyoming? Yeah, um, I think yeah, Wyoming was my first offer. Um, they came, I think, middle of my senior season in football. And I think Air Force offered later that, that year, maybe after the season was over. But uh, for me, I think 
Coach Bull really just made Wyoming feel like home for me. And um, everything he said, I think, in the recruiting process was true and came true. Um, you know, just talking to a lot of other my friends, I know that's not always the case with the recruiting process. But, um, yeah, just everything he told me, whether it's, uh, you know, the new facilities that were built, um, he would always say those who stay would be champions. And I know a lot of our freshman class, I think we came in with 25. And after our freshman year, it was down to about 13 or 14. But, you know, we were Mountain Division champs our freshman year. And, uh, you know, looking back, we were Potato Bowl champs, Arizona Bowl champs. So I think that was pretty cool. And uh, just looking back, you know, whether you're a champion at, you know, football season or whatever that is, I think it's pretty cool to just say you're, you, you can be a champion at life. And, um, you know, I think everything he said came true. And, uh, yeah, he just made Wyoming feel like home for a Colorado kid. Was Air Force recruiting you as a kicker as well? Yeah. Yep. Cool. That's pretty interesting. You're talking about Coach Bull there and kind of your relationship with him. What would kind of what would you describe your relationship with him as a player? Um. Yeah. So you know, not a lot of people know, but he was actually our position coach as kickers and punters, specialists, long snappers. Um. So we worked with him every day. Um, yeah, whether we had practice or not, we were in his office watching film room. Uh, you know, we didn't have our own specialist office. We had the coach's office, uh, the head coach's office, which was pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, just getting to talk to him. Uh, he was super personal. Um, you know, it's a uh, blessing and a curse at the same time. You know, working with the head coach, he's either really going to love you or really going to get into you. So um, I think him just teaching me, um, you know, more on the mental side, just as much as the physical side of kicking was really helpful. Um, you know, I wouldn't be in the position I was in the college days without him and him just putting confidence in me um, or giving us all the resources with film and even just the new facilities he gave us. So um, it was really cool to just be able to work with the head man and just hear exactly what he wanted. You don't have to go through anybody else. But, yeah, we'd be charting every day of practice 30 minutes before uh, the walkthroughs or practice or whatever that is, whether it's snowing or raining or 40-mile-per-hour wind. So that was really cool. He did a good job of just putting us in game-like situations during practice, which I thought helped a lot. You say you kind of helped build up your mentality there. And uh, knowing that he trusts you and stuff, does that kind of help you become a better player on the field? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, being a kicker, I think it's just as much uh, mental as physical and maybe even more mental just because, um, you know, he would always tell me just to go out and trust your swing, um, you know, because you, you don't want to go change your form on, on game day, come 30 minutes before the game. You just want to go out and trust everything you can do everything you've done prior to that day. And uh, from there, you know, it's just all about mental. Just, you know, if you're on the sidelines, imagining the ball going through, doing your job. And, um, you know, there's a whole lot, whether it's yeah, breathing techniques or going out and reminding yourself one thing to do before a kick. But at the end of the day, too, just keeping it simple, as simple as you can, knowing that you have one job to put it through the uprights or go to do your job on kickoff. And, um, yeah, I think him just having confidence in me or even just whenever he would call a field goal team, you know, that's my job to – go out and execute and um you know my teammates uh demanded me to perform as you know i did for that for them so um you know it's just my job to put put the team in as good of a situation as i can um to give our our team the lead or to extend the lead or whatever that may be in that situation you're kind of uh talking a little bit about the pressure there um, i've heard a lot of kickers say different things about coping with pressure and whatever uh what's your method for coping with pressure? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to describe just because, you know, there's only so many people in the world who have been in a kicker situation. Um, whether it's any game, you know, a game where you're 
you're up huge or a game where you're down huge or whatever that situation may be. But, um, you know, Coach Bull always just talked about being level-headed. Um, you know, whether you just go out and make your career long or whether it's just a, uh, what someone might consider a pointless kick, um, you know, the next the next kick is always the most important kick. So just staying level-headed through it all. And, um, you know, I was once told that pressure is pleasure. And, you know, not a lot of people get to experience that. But at the same time, it's how you deal with it. And, um, yeah, just, I guess, zoning everything out and just focusing on what you can do and controlling what you can control. Um, and not just, yeah, just blocking out the outside noise, I would say. Some kickers talk about visualizing something or certain mindset that they take into each kick. What was that process like for you going into each kick? Where was your head at? Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, like you said, kickers kind of have their own checklist of when they go out there. For me, you know, I just get as many kicks, not as many kicks, but um, just, I guess, the right amount of balls into the net or working with. Uh, Nick Spore, Jesse Hooper, the long snapper and holder, um, just to make sure, you know, the timing is down correctly too. Um, but yeah, I guess just imagine everything positive. You know, I don't, I don't think I ever imagined missing a field goal and I don't think many kickers do, you know, that's always our goal to go hundred percent, um, throughout the whole year and never miss a field goal in your life. But, um, yeah, I think just staying positive and, uh, picture the ball going through, imagining good things only telling yourself positive things. And, um, you know, I'm not the much of a, of a, you know, I won't talk to myself out there, but at the same time, the positive things are still going through my head. We know you uh, were garnering some interest from the Rams. Are you are you still receiving some interest interest from some other organizations or? Uh, yeah, you know, some teams who were interested just said basically to be ready. So that's kind of been my motivation. Um, you know, they said. At the end of the day, they hope to not have to call me just because, you know, the guys that they pick, they want to end up being the guy. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're considered to be on their short list. So, you know, if teams don't want you or don't want the, the players they have right now that, um, you know, you're going to be one of the first first couple guys on their list to, to bring in or to come bring in on the on their workouts or however that may look now. But, um, yeah, that's just kind of been my goal, just to be ready whenever that call may happen. And, you know, whether it happens or not, I think it's, um, exciting times, but yeah, just trying to stay as ready as you can in these times right now. How do you stay ready in times like these? Yeah, um, it's not a whole lot, but a lot at the same time, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, my routine the last, I'd say, couple months during this lockdown has looked pretty similar, just waking up and working out, going to lift in my basement gym that doesn't have a whole lot of equipment, but just getting creative with those workouts and trying to make the most out of every opportunity to better myself and then from there, just going to condition to stay in shape and then just going to kick about every other day, about three to four times a week. And, uh, you know, whether yeah, whether the field has a field goal post or not, you just got to imagine goal posts or just work on ball contact or little drills that I think you probably wouldn't work on maybe on a normal day. But since, you know, there's so much time now, at least for me, um, you know, it's something that I can improve on. And that's kind of my goal when I go out every time to improve on one thing and um, I think just, yeah, with all these days stacking up, I've just been able to see myself get a little better, so that's encouraging. You kick with your right leg. You do leg exercises, obviously. How do you make one leg more powerful than the other? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think I'd try to make one leg more powerful than the other. I think, you know, being balanced is probably the better situation to be in. Um, you know, I think your left leg, your plant leg is just as much are just as important as your kicking leg. Um, and, yeah, for me, I just work on flexibility, 
um, every morning, you know, when I, when I wake up and every night as I'm getting ready for, go, for going to bed, um, yeah, just stretching and increasing flexibility and, um, yeah, just making sure that that isn't a point of my weakness. And, um, yeah, I think that also just helps with injuries or soreness, just to be able to get that out. And, um, yeah, I would say just probably staying equal, um, strength wise on both legs and one leg more powerful than the other. Uh, you have to have a favorite you dub memory from your time playing as a poke. Uh, what is that favorite memory? Yeah, that's a tough question. Either that or favorite kick for me. I think just being a Colorado kid, I would say just all four of our border war games against Colorado State, I think were just uh, really cool to me. Um, yeah, just wasn't recruited by them, but I think just going out and making every field goal against TSU my four years was pretty cool, and especially just the conditions those games were in. Um, you know, I don't really remember having a good weather game against them, especially in Wyoming, whether it's negative 20 degrees or snowing or rainy or yeah, 20 mile per hour wind. So I thought all those were cool. And um, I think that too, just the, the Arizona Bowl game, uh, just being able to win our last game, uh, my last game at least, was pretty cool. And just be able to hit my career long that game, um, just to kind of have it all come full circle, I thought was pretty cool. You say uh, your favorite kick or your favorite made field goal is probably another tough question for you to answer. So what is that? What is your favorite made field goal that? over your time as a cowboy yeah um that is uh yeah i would i think uh my freshman year i'd say you know our home opener against northern illinois um in 2016 that was the year i think it was like an espn like six o'clock kickoff it was supposed to be but i think it ended up starting about nine or ten just because the lightning delay um so yeah as a freshman kicker um i think i just had the most nerves right then and i made about a 30-yard field goal from the left hash going towards the rack. I think that was one of my first, first, uh, yeah, that was my first collegiate field goal. So I'd say that was my favorite too. Just, um, kind of just settled things after that. All the butterflies went away and kind of just made me realize that I could do it, I guess. Um, just coming, yeah, coming in as a high school kid, it was three sport athlete, not really considering myself to be a kicker, never kicked in the net on the sidelines before to warm up. So I think just going out and making that field goal kind of relaxed me a little bit and allowed me to, just embrace, I guess, being a being a kicker in college. It's often talked about how the kicker is kind of isolated from the team. You talked about working with Coach Bull directly, the head coach, which is unique to the University of Wyoming. Who were some of your favorite guys on the team to hang out with and do stuff outside of football? Yeah, um, my freshman year, uh, Brendan Torelli was the long snapper. He was a senior that year. Um, he really took me under his wing and I guess that was kind of, he made me, I guess, the person I, I ended up becoming just because he always told me to just, um, you know, leave a place better than you found it. And I, that was kind of my goal throughout the whole year. But he took me under his wing and, uh, you know, helped me just, I guess, yeah, mold me into the guy I am today. But um, now, you know, it's, it's pretty cool just because the whole team is so close to everyone. You know, there's not a whole lot of clicky groups that you hear about other teams, you know, where the DBs are always fighting against the receivers and, um, you know, at the same time, they always have their, their problems when it comes to one-on-ones. But, um, yeah, come the end of the day in the locker room, everyone's always having fun. Everyone's good friends. And I think that's, you know, credit to Coach Bull for um, getting such a close, close-knit close family. And that's kind of their motto, too, is just one Wyoming, no matter where you're from in the in the world where you came from, to come play football. Once you're on the team, you know, everyone, everyone's family. So it's pretty cool. 
right, we'll wrap it up with this. Thank you so much for your time and for being so generous. I want to ask, do you think the altitude, you kicked in high school in Colorado, you kicked in college at Wyoming, people always say that there's like an asterisk on Coors Field and the Rockies hitters. Do you think it helps kickers that much? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough question, I think, too. Um, you know, I was, I was training out in San Diego. Um, you know, my I was invited to the Shrine Bowl, and that was in Tampa Bay, so those are both more sea-level places. And um, I would say maybe a little bit, but it's hard to say. I think the more you think about it, the more it might affect you, kind of like kicking in wind. You know, if you want to play the wind um, so far to the right, you'll still probably end up missing it to the right. Or if you think the altitude is going to make you miss short, you might miss short. So. Um, my mentality is to just not worry about it. Um, you know, I think one of my deeper field goals came in Hawaii, and I felt like that was more of a normal swing. Um, at kickoffs against San Diego State, go about just as far in Laramie. So I think it's hard to say, but I'll give it maybe a couple yards if that's if that's the answer they want. Well, I understand. Below sea level, above sea level, you're kicking it. You're probably kicking it through. I'm still convinced you're going to have a long professional career. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and good luck, Cooper. Yeah, thank you so much. That's the goal. I appreciate it. All right, I want to thank Cooper Roth again. Thank you so much for joining us. Really enjoyed our conversation with him. I'm also still rooting for him. He's going to be that 10-year pro. I'm telling you guys, if you can buy stock in Cooper Roth now, you absolutely should, all right? Yeah, David, you've been on that Cooper Roth high note for a while now. I can I can attest to that. I asked him about the altitude to see if that had any effect on him or his prospects or perception or whatever. He brushed it off. I'm willing to brush it off too. Mark it down. Continue to mark it down in your notebook. Cooper Roth, 10-plus year professional football player. Anyways, really fun interview. What was the most interesting thing that he said to you, Robert? Oh, the most. It was a fun and interesting interview. Absolutely. Um, the most interesting thing he said was probably when he mentioned Coach Bowl was a position, a positions coach, and he pretty much was the kicking coach. And he said a lot. Not a lot of people know that, and it's pretty funny because. Earlier, before the episode, before we started recording, you and I were talking about how Coach Bull may not help out with the kickers too much or whatever, you know. And I thought that was pretty pretty cool that he said that, dude. Yeah, I vaguely remember it being brought up that Coach Bull was the special teams position coach on a television broadcast. But it kind of slipped my mind. I really thought that was just kind of like a fake news type deal to pump him up and maybe to explain why he seemed like he was on edge every time a kick, a kickoff, a punt, anything special teams related was happening because he lived and breathed those things. Absolutely. Special teams matter in games, man. I mean, not a lot of people realize that, but special teams, are huge and they can really change the momentum of a game, outcome of a game, whatever. Special teams are massive, especially the way that Wyoming plays football. They play ball control, defense. They want to put 
the opposing team in bad field position and dominate. Yeah, that's what Wyoming football has become with the last couple of years. I mean, not so much when Josh Allen was under center, uh, when Vanderwall was in the game, but, you know, absolutely when Chambers is in the game, Levi Williams, the Pokes are running the ball. They're, I mean, taking time off the clock, and they run the ball efficiently. And like you said, special teams matter. I don't know a lot more, but maybe they do matter a little bit more when that's your type, your type of style of play. Special teams are also of increased importance when you have a dominant defense with guys like Logan Wilson, Cash Malawia, and Elijah Halliburton on the other end. We'll see if that style of play continues because, like you said, Josh Allen didn't quite fit that mold, but he did kind of his last year in Laramie when he ran the ball personally himself a lot. Now, let's talk about the other big piece of news that Michael Katz tweeted out from his conversation with Tom Berman. You can catch the entire story. It's a Wyo Sports exclusive on wyosports.net. He goes through almost his entire phone conversation with Tom Berman. But he tweeted out to help with the finances. UW Men's Hoops has scheduled a guaranteed game with the University of Arizona. Now, University of Arizona isn't the powerhouse that it has been. They're losing a bunch of guys next season in terms of five-star recruits. They're going to be loaded. It's University of Arizona. They have a good basketball program traditionally, and Wyoming has, let's be honest here, sucked some curse words the last few years on the court. They're a terrible basketball team. That's why you bring in Jeff Linder to bring it around. I don't know if he's going to bring it around immediately, probably in the fall is when they'd play University of Arizona. But still, I'm excited for that game. I'm excited to see that game. It'll probably be on the Pac-12 network. Maybe it's on ESPN too. Maybe it's on CBS Sports Network. I don't know. I'm excited to see what Linder is going to what Linder can do. When going up against a coach like Sean Miller, it'll be fun. The final score may not be that fun. What about you, Robert? What was your initial reaction when you hear that news? My initial thoughts on that, um, wouldn't that be huge if the Cowboys win? Like, Wouldn't that solidify how good the program, the direction the program is going in, how good Linder is going to be as a coach and I think uh, it would say a lot about these new players that he has brought in. Um, I know there's obviously there are obviously the returning guys, Maldonado, Hunter Thompson, Kenny Foster, etc. But I think it would really just say a lot about the direction that the program is going in, no matter how good U of A is going to be next season. No doubt, I think that. Former Wild Sports podcast guest and guard out of Gilbert, Arizona, Xavier Ducell is going to be pumped for this game. He's going to want to beat the crap out of Arizona. Oh yeah, you know that's a it's a big thought, and he was definitely he he told us how big the circuit in Arizona was getting for basketball. So he probably. 
I don't know. I didn't check out the roster. Are there some guys on U of A who are from Arizona that Xavier could have well, very well played against? Yeah, I'm sure Xavier has crossed path with a few guys. They got some incoming recruits from that Phoenix area. But also on the AAU circuit, most of these guys have played one another at least once, twice, seen each other, something. That's the way college basketball works now. Everybody's played together, played against each other. So we'll see. He'll definitely have a lot of motivation going into that game. I'm excited to watch him, the rest of the team, everybody in Wyoming basketball. It's crazy to think that Wyoming basketball is kind of exciting right now. There's a little bit of buzz. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it a lot. But we're really excited for basketball season, and now we're even more excited to hear that they're going to take on Arizona and the Wildcats. Something to look forward to next season. Also, help fill those coffers, those athletic department coffers, baby. Love to hear that. We move on now, though. We talk about something that's happening this weekend and not months from now. American Legion Baseball is back. The state of Wyoming is playing American Legion. Robert covered the Laramie Legion team last summer. He's covering them again. Robert, I know I'm excited for baseball to be back in any form, even if it's just American Legion. Who cares? It's baseball. It's back. Are you excited? Very excited, David. And I think this may be the first organized baseball that we're seeing in America. I really don't know, but from what I've read and what I've heard, this is, I mean, this is the start and it's tough. A lot of those teams in the state of Wyoming travel, you know, to other states, play those teams. Wyoming's so spread out, all the cities, all the largest towns that compete with one another. So, you know, Montana, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, Nebraska, whatever. It's going to be tough for some of those teams to see the competition and see the same teams that they're used to playing in the past based on these travel restrictions that are going on in each state. No doubt it's going to make for an interesting summer. So what are your expectations? Do you think that they're just going to play – Mostly Wyoming teams and Cheyenne and Laramie are going to see a lot of each other probably. Yeah, that's kind of what it's looking like. I know uh, this this weekend on Friday, the first pitch, I don't, I don't know who's playing in the first game or whatever, but I know there are going to be eight teams, eight double-A teams from around the state will be competing in Gillette this weekend. I don't know much about the tournament, the format, what's going on. That's just what I have read. We'll see. But yeah, it's kind of looking like for the near future, it's going to be a lot of in-state competition. Like you said, a lot of Laramie and Cheyenne seeing each other, but I know from the past Laramie has been maybe a little bit a step behind Cheyenne in terms of talent. So competition may not be the best. We'll see. I really don't know. It kind of depends on 
the action of these other states. And I know Wyoming has kind of separated itself from the American Legion organization at this point. It's kind of its own entity. So we'll just have to see what step these other states take in allowing American Legion baseball. Yeah, a lot of these states have canceled their American Legion teams, games, anything American Legion baseball for the summer. The American Legion organization canceled the World Series in Shelby, North Carolina. So it's kind of going by a state-by-state basis here. We'll see what happens. I'm excited to follow any kind of live sport, even if it's just American Legion in the state of Wyoming. It's exciting to hear that some sort of live sports in America will be played once again. So that's cool. That's exciting. Another live sporting event happening this weekend. We'll wrap the podcast up here. Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, Tiger Woods. They're facing each other in a duo golf match. Who do you like, Robert? Tom Brady and Uh Phil Mickelson? Or Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning? Oh, I got to go with Woods and Manning, man. Absolutely. I know they're the big favorites here. Uh, I don't like Tom Brady very much. Never have. Who do you like? I know Phil Mickelson went to ASU. You're a big ASU guy. Phil Mickelson may be the richest alum in the history of Arizona State University, but I cannot stand him. Woods and Manning all day, every day. Hope they run the field, win every hole, whatever it takes. I know that the lowest score in golf wins. I don't really understand the scoring when you got two people playing against two people. I'm rooting for Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. That's tough to hear me say out loud, but it's the truth. Yeah, I think I'm rolling with you on that one. Too bad we can't make a little side wager. But... Yeah, Tiger Woods will be playing down there in his hometown in Florida, and I think he will secure the win with you know, Peyton Manning by his side. Whatever it takes, down goes Phil Mickelson. That's all that matters. That's it for this week's episode of the Wyo Sports Podcast. We'll be back again next week with another great episode for you guys. Really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you can, if you want to, if you're willing to. We'd love it. We'd sure appreciate it. Also, you can follow myself at Mr. David Graff on Twitter, at rmunoz307 on Twitter for Robert. You can donate to the podcast, support the podcast at the link in the description. Shout out to Shakewell once again for the music. Really appreciate those guys. Check them out. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully, we're treated to some more live sports besides American Legion baseball and golf matchups between over-the-hill athletes soon.
so smooth, but you do not have what it takes to pass this test. So you better forget everything you know it's tired. This is no official unquality. Shout out any suggestions, baby. 